I'm not mad. I'm just irritated. Welcome. You found me. You found my little Niebuhr, my little micro corner of the interwebs. That is my podcast. I'm not mad. I'm just irritated. And I'm your host, William Eugene Flanagan Jr. Try writing that in first grade. I know. I was Billy back then. It's fine. It's a long name. Eugene's not uh, something I brag about. I used to tell my kids uh, in my class, they'd ask me what my middle name was occasionally over the years, and I'd say, well, I'll tell you what. It starts with an E, and it ends with an E, and in between there's another E, and they never got it, not one time. Not once in 30 years teaching when that was asked of me, and I gave them that hint that they ever, ever find out. So uh, it's the day after Christmas, my favorite day of the holiday season. Everything's done. You opened all your presents. I guess there's taking back presents if you do that sort of thing, but I don't ask for presents that I need to take back. If I ask for clothes, it's a t-shirt. It's an extra large, it's fine. I don't get shoes, I don't get socks or blue jeans or jackets. That's all personal. You know, you can't pick, I, I, nobody can pick out the clothes I wear. I'm, I'm hard to shop for with my sizes anyway. Guys, I got so, much stuff for you today. It's been a couple weeks. Of course, the last episode with the Lexus hitting the paint bucket, that's up there for me. Of course, I saw it. I was there. I witnessed it. I just, you weren't. I just had to describe it as best I could. But uh, I went to a concert a couple weeks ago and a friend of mine, uh, her name is Stand Up Paddle Linda. Occasionally, we go to shows. Allison does not go to shows, and Allison's cool enough to let me go. She doesn't care. She's not jealous with that kind of thing. Plus, I don't want to go by myself. It's, it's no fun to go to a concert by yourself. I mean, we went to this concert at uh, ACL. The band was called She Wants Revenge. They have like two songs I like. <clears throat> Place was sold out. It was packed. It was the 310 uh, club next to it. But before that, we went and had a cocktail. I'm not, I don't really drink cocktails, but this was like cocktails. This was like, a, it was called the Roosevelt Room. And you go in there and it's fancy McFancers. In fact, just to sit at the bar, you need a reservation. She did all that. She goes, I want to go to the Roosevelt Room. She goes, okay, that's fine. I met her there and she goes, well, I made a reservation. I go, really? For the bar? She goes, yes. You go in there and there's this menu up on the wall by like period, prohibition era you know, tiki kind of drinks. I don't even know. I can't, I can't remember it all. I don't know what those fancy McFancers cost because I only had one and she picked up the tab. She had two, so I'll get it. And I go, okay. I bet you those three cocktails were probably $60. They probably were $20 a piece. And mine sucked ass. It just, I could barely swallow it down. And it was mostly ice. Was it a big thing, mostly ice? What a scam that was. But that's not even what I'm talking about. That's, that has nothing to do with my experience at the Roosevelt Room. The, my experience is, you know, they, they, they have a few tables in the bar and apparently you, gotta, you can't just wander in there and walk around like a normal bar. So we're leave, getting ready to leave. And Linda says, well, I'm gonna go to the bathroom. 
um, before we go. I go, okay. So while she's gone, I stand up to stretch my legs. I've been sitting a while. And as I'm standing next to my chair at the bar, the manager comes up to me and says, <clears throat> can I help you? And I go, no, I'm good. And you can tell it's like, what are you, what are you doing standing here? She goes, well, well did, did you have a, a reservation? I said, well, I'm sitting right here. The person I'm with is in the restroom and I'm waiting for them so we can go. Oh, very good, sir. I thought it was weird. Anyway, he walked off. No more than 30 seconds later, some waiter comes up to me. Can I help you? I go, you're the second person that asked me that. I'm just standing here. I don't need any, why would I need help? I'm fucking, I didn't cuss. I didn't throw, I wasn't mad, it's just stupid. Can't I stand here next to my chair? Anyway, don't go there. Or go there and just stand around with about 10 of your friends. That would send them into a tizzy. So that was one irritation that, that irritated me. It's like, I'm just standing here. Can, can I just stand here for 30 seconds? That was an incident. There was another incident at a place called Red Horn Brewery. They have coffee, fancy pants, beers, tacos. Nice place. It's in Leander, big warehouse looking thing. And I get there, I'm meeting a friend of mine and uh, meet my buddy Daryl. We're gonna hang out and have some tacos. And first thing I do is I get there, I've been driving a long way, I had to use the restroom. Use the restroom, I go to wash my hands because I, I always do and I cannot tell you how many times I've seen dudes hold their penis in their hand, stand at the urinal, spray that urine all over themselves and just get up and walk out the door. It happens more times than you can imagine. But that's not even what I'm talking about. So I go and there's no soap. There's no soap in there. Try the other dispenser, no soap, no soap at all. Well, that irritates me because I did my business and flushed the toilet with anticipation is whatever dirty shit's gonna be on my hands, I'm fixing to wash them because I'm a germaphobe. It's like, it's fine. I'm fixing to wash. And then all of a sudden, no can wash. And then my brain's like, I have to wash. I can't just go around, get on my phone, touch shit. So I go up to the bartender. I said, hey, I just want you to know you're out of um, soap in the men's restroom. He goes, okay, thanks. And I sit down and I'm watching. I'm thinking, well, he's just going to run over there with soap. And by the way, I forgot to mention this. There was one dude in a stall. And I don't know who, what he looked like, but he was the only other person in that restroom. And there was two stalls, three urinals, whatever. And there was a dude in there doing, doing a dookie. You know, <clears throat> it's Christmas time. He was, you know, depositing a Yule log at Red Horn Brewery. So I know he wasn't going to have any soap. So the whole thing is now I'm on high alert for this, this whole thing in this restaurant, this brewery slash place with no soap. Still, the bartender is not running. And there's, it's not like he's busy. He's just standing there in a daze, looking out uh, like with his jaw open. The only thing that could have topped it off would be a little small string of slobber coming down. Then I would have known I'm not, getting, I'm not ever getting soap. 
So Dookie guy comes out. And I know it's him because he was the only other guy in the restroom. And he looks like a normal dude. He walks straight up to, there's a long bar, and there were two women working behind the bar, I don't know, doing stuff. And he walks up to me and goes, hey, I just wanted to tell you, you don't have any, and I'm listening, you don't have any soap in the men's restroom. So now three employees know, and they've been told twice, nobody's doing anything. It's all I could do to stand up and say, hey, can you put some fucking soap in the fucking bathroom? You've been told twice, and there's three of you that have been been told. And I want to wash my hands before I eat your shitty tacos. But I don't do any of that because I'm normal. Finally, after probably 10 minutes of sitting there doing nothing, I see him walk towards the restroom with some, some sort of soap stuff in his hand. He could not have walked slower unless he had unless he was disabled of some way. He absolutely crawled to that bathroom. As soon as he was done, I went in there and washed my hands. The whole thing is like, we have hands. We gotta wash them. We have hands. Which brings me, which brings me to soccer. You know, we had the World Cup. I don't watch soccer. All you people that are talking about soccer, this is America. Soccer is not that big. The people that like soccer are probably people that played soccer in other countries and moved here. Maybe you played youth soccer. It didn't exist really when I was a kid. I played intramural soccer, I had a good time with it, but I don't know anything about soccer. All I know is that they kick a ball around for what, 90 minutes? And then the, and then the time goes off and then they add more time, which makes no sense to me. It's like it goes out of bounds, oh, it's extra play. Well, why don't you just turn the clock off like a normal game. But here's the other thing. You know what sets us apart from the other animals on this planet? Hands. Thumbs and hands. You know what you can't use in soccer? Hands. Any other, you could teach pigs and giraffes to play soccer, because you know what? They don't use their hands. They don't need them. We have hands. It's the most greatest tool, biomechanics. And yet we have a sport where we can't use them. We should be able to use hands. The only time you can use hands in soccer is when you're throwing the ball in uh, from out of bounds. And I'm thinking, why, why, are you letting, why are you using hands then? Technically, you can use hands then. Here's the thing about soccer. We have hands. All right. I watched, I'm a big fan of SNL, Saturday Night Live. I love them. I don't really watch it much anymore because they'll tell me who the musical guest is and who the host is. And most of the time, I don't know who either one of those people are. And I don't get it. But I'll watch like clips, you know, you'll see them on social media and they're funny. I did watch when Dave Chappelle was on there. I thought it was hilarious. I don't know. I thought it was funny. I know I'm not supposed to think he's funny, but I, I thought he was funny. My bad. But they have a musical guest, Brandy Carlisle. Ever, you know, I, we've all heard Brandy, not Belinda Carlisle, the Go-Go's. That girl actually was in a band that had hits. Brandy Carlisle does not have hits. You look at her discography and look at her singles or whatever. She's never had a, a song in the top 40. But she's some 
singer-songwriter that everybody loves to love, and that's fine. I mean, music is subjective. And if you love Brandi Carlisle, by all means, you go buy her music and you go listen to her. But when you put her on a national stage like Saturday Night Live, she doesn't belong there. Most people would not recognize a Brandi Carlisle song if you played it for them. Nobody could tell you a top hit that she's had because she's never charted any. And you might say, well, you know, it doesn't matter if she hasn't charted songs. You're right. The Led Zeppelin didn't chart that many songs. They had a lot of singles. We all know their songs. But as far as like charting on the Billboard 100, very few. All the ones you love, you think charted, they really didn't chart. Till like maybe All of My Love at the very end of their career. When John Bonham had died and everybody bought that album and listened to that song. I, I know I'm old and cranky, but I swear to God, I wish <laughs> that Saturday Night Live would say, you know, we're featuring, um, oh gosh, Bill Burr is going to be our musical guest. I know who he is. He's funny. Or he's going to be our host. Our musical guest will be Foghat. All the Foghat guys are dead. I just wish, bring back sticks. You want to see somebody that can play music? Go find some of these older bands before they're all dead and they can still get up there and Saturday Night Live and play a song or two. Go bring sticks. Go get the Rolling Stones. They're still alive. Maybe they've played recently. I don't know. Go get Blondie. They can still play. Let's do that before they're gone. Instead of listening to someone that most people don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. Sorry, I'm ranting. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, man. I got a lot today. I've been saving up material. My brother and I used to get drugged to church when we were kids. And <laughs> church is no fun if you're a kid. They're talking... We don't understand it. The past, the cadences, the pastor's cadence and delivery during a sermon is putting you to sleep. People fall asleep in church. It's not because they're that tired. They just got up. It's the cadence and then the, they lull it to you and you just can't keep your eyes open. That happened to me when I was a kid. Kids, you have all the energy in the world. We didn't drink coffee. But the one thing that saved me from complete boredom was they'd give you a paper program. Now they probably say, hey, uh, scan this QR code to get the virtual program. You know what, I don't want that. I want a, I want a paper program. So we'd get a paper program and it had a list of what was coming on. And you could just see, okay, we're getting close to the end. We're getting close to the end. We're getting Oh, we got two more songs. Okay, we're at the sermon. After the sermon, there's this. Oh no, we got communion today. It's on the list, it's on the program. That's gonna take another 20 minutes. But you knew where you stood. You knew how much longer. You knew what was coming. That's the only way we got through it, man. And because they had those little pencils. I don't even know what the little pencils were for. I think writing how much money you were giving them, maybe. I don't know. Your name on the little envelopes that they put in there. What a scam that is. Sorry. Sorry, church people. 
I used, I used to go to this, when I was divorced, I was broke. I was working poor, paying shots, but I had no money. We used to go to this big mega church. I made it a point. It's like, I never gave them a nickel. And I, and I looked around this opulence, this $100,000 sound system, and I just knew they don't need my money. I never gave them a penny. They never felt bad about it. They shouldn't have been helping me out, but I know that I asked. But anyway, get back to the programs. You get the program, you get the little golf pencil, and you know what? You got a good 20 minutes of drawing. You got 20 minutes of drawing. What'd you draw? I'll draw the pastor. Maybe draw Jesus. But eventually for me and my brother, mostly me, you would draw a picture, a picture of a dick, penis. It's not something you really should be doing in church. But the reason I did it was to try to make my brother laugh. That's it. You know what? You try to hide the picture. Like you might try the pastor in a robe with his arms outstretched, his robes hanging down. You know, you had his little face. You had the robe. And then down at the bottom of his robe, you could see a little bit of a penis. And that's all it took to send my brother into, he's lost. It's over for him. We got thrown out of church once for laughing. I don't know how often that happens. I know people laugh, and then they know you're not supposed to laugh, which makes it even worse. But we were told, this is when we were living in Oscoda, so we were probably 6th or 7th or 7th and 8th grade. That's when we lived there, pretty much. My parents were friends with our pastor. I don't know. But we were towards the front, and we were losing our shit, and we were trying our best not to laugh, which made it worse. And the pastor just interrupts and goes, I think you, you two gentlemen need to excuse yourself. And he kicked us out of church. And you know how much we cared? Not one bit. We should have been embarrassed. It, it, the laughter was worth the humiliation of going down the aisle. We may have ducked out the side aisle and have all the eyes on us. I, you know what? To this day, I don't give a shit. Those fuckers looking at me, judging me me because I'm drawing dicks. They just don't have a sense of humor. All right, guys, you know what time it is? It's time for the chalky report. I'm going to give you a chalky report. You know what? Dr. Paul Berg deserves a chalky chalk report. He's our sponsor. Scott and White Group, Georgetown, Round Rock. You know, he sent me a text the other day because I said, you know, if you have your boils, if you have your pustules, and I said, if you have explosive diarrhea, go somewhere else. He doesn't need that. And he, and he sent me a text. Hey, thanks for that. I, you're right. I, I don't, that's not, it's not something I, I really enjoy. So, you know, he's listening to the pod. But you can go there. He'll treat your stuff. Uh, you got a virus? Probably just send you home with some Gatorade. I don't know what they do for viruses anymore. We, I was raised as like, oh, yeah, it's a virus. We... If it's, if it's bacterial, you get antibiotics. This virus runs the course. We don't have antivirals that work very good, blah, blah, blah. Of course, now, that's not true because we do have vaccines, but, eh, eh that's a whole other conversation. All right, Chalky Chalk Report for the day after Christmas. Brought to you by Dr. Paul Berg. Chalky Chalk Scale. It's time for some Chalky Chalk news. The Chalky Chalk news. The Chalky... Chalk's doing fine. You know, I wake up, and here's what I do. I'm going to take some linseed oil. I'm going to take 
some other little pill that Allison bought me is supposed to be good for the chalk. Can't remember some sort of acidy pill. It's teeny tiny. And then we'll take in a leaf. That's right out of the gate. Then I take a vitamin. And so far, I haven't had to have anything drained since last June. Well, beginning of July. So, I don't, I don't know if those things are working. If you really want to know what it is, I will, next time I will, you send me a message, I'll tell you. I'll look on the little label. I just take it like a, like a, like a child. Here's your, here's your vitamin. Here's your children's aspirin chewable. But chalks, you know, I, I've been walking Clementine. And Clementine needs to lose some weight. So I've been walking her and my chalk's held up. Am I going to run any races? No. Sometimes it hurts at night. I think I'm asleep funny. But overall, we're going to say it's a one stick of chalk out of five. I will take that until the day I die. If I can get up every morning and hit the button one stick of chalk day, I'm hitting it. So right now, I'm blessed. I shouldn't have said that. God, I jinxed it. I'm doing all right. Now my shoulder, I hurt my shoulder trying to swing a sweater up on the ceiling because there was something stuck and I swung it and I almost came out of my socket. But that's, that's, that's something else altogether. Chalk out. I'm back. I'm back after the chalky report. Okay, I got a couple things um, to close out this show. I don't think anything's going to talk the top, the, you know, dicks on the church program. It's, and I, I don't think that God judges me for that. I was a kid. That's what kids do. They draw dicks on everything. If you're a guy, if you're a girl, I guess you don't. I don't know. I still do it. Sometimes. When I'm alone, no one's around. <laughs> I'm bored. Uh, all right. I want you, I'm not going to tell the name of this bookstore. Independent bookstores have it rough. I'm an independent. I'm an indie writer. I get it. These indie bookstores really don't support indie writers. And they could. They you know, kind of vet the story a little bit, you know, have them out to their you know, place, do a signing. So I, when I wrote Hollywood, Texas, there was this little bookstore in Leander. It's gone now. And I wanted my, books, my book in there. I just, you know, for, at the time I just wanted my book, my book in a bookstore. I said, do y'all do indie writers? Because yeah, we have a little section over here, local writers. I go, great. Can I, will you put my book in there? I didn't think they'd sell any. But she looked at me and she goes, well, I'd have to preview it. Well, I looked around the whole, and I've, I think I mentioned this part of the story before. I wanted to say, well, have you read every book in here? You got thousands of books in this little store. You've read them, you've vetted them all? But I didn't. Anyway, in that book has a controversial ending. Some women didn't like it. Fuck them. It's my story. Well, she read the book, I dropped it off, I filled out these forms for her, and um, I got an email from her later and said, oh, you know, we really don't have room. And it pissed me off because I'm thinking, well, you could have told me that at the beginning. My book is skinny. She didn't like the ending of the book, whatever. The book was certainly as good as any book in there. I'm convinced. It was a novella, it was a quick read, sold a ton of them, and, uh, I emailed her back and said, well, that's a shame because, you know, I taught in Leander for 27 years. I know literally thousands of people that may have come out to that store to support a signing at an event. And you blew it. I said, I'd like for you to mail me back my book. 
I'll pay you for postage. Never got the book back. And I wasn't ugly to her, but I told her, I said, I think you're making a mistake. I think you're messing up. Well, they closed that store. Not surprisingly. Well, he moved to Denton, of all places, my hometown. And I ran across, I think it was some, something on Facebook about them. I knew they had moved there. and They moved off the square. Great location. They're probably doing 10 times better. So I go on their website and look at it. I look at the store and I see this. It's a married couple that runs it. The woman pretty much does it all. And the guy says, oh yeah, I'm just the janitor here. It's one of those, you know, minimize the, that poor guy's contribution. And there's a picture of the couple and they're wearing masks. Now, I'm not going to debate whether or not people should or shouldn't be wearing masks out in public. But for God's sakes, you are a married couple. You are getting your picture taken for your website. You live together. You can stand six inches from each other and have a picture taken by someone who's six feet away from you to put it on your web page. I'm, I'm looking at this now. It's the stupidest thing I've ever seen. You can't even see. Why put your picture in there? No one can see what you look like. This is everything that's wrong with independent bookstores. Right here. Is It's just... It's just it, I, I'm not even going to go into it, but... I, go look at it. Go find independent bookstore. I'm not even going to say the name. Okay. Um... There are a couple things before I go, ladies. I started, I started thinking about red flags for women. Like if, if you're in your twenties, and like you date a guy who like dyes their hair like little tips blonde, no. Any any dude that eats pears or pomegranates, no. Any dude that uses protein powder, no. You don't need it. Just just eat normal. Any guy that cusses constantly, I mean like drops F-bombs all the time. No, F-bombs should be strategic. If you if you like, if these guys are liking IPAs, do not date them, ladies. And, and if you're a festival guy, it's okay to be a festival guy in your 20s, maybe early 30s and after that, stop being a festival guy. And, and, and if they like sports, they're all gonna like sports. But if they like hockey and never played hockey, or if they like, you know, soccer and never played soccer, if they just decided I'm going to like this sport, even though I have no connection to it, those are all red flags. Cause you know what? They're going to decide they like you. Well, that's not a decision, man. I'm just last little thing before I help you out. Just trying to help you out. And all right. Um, last thing, going to get a little serious note is um, we had to say goodbye to Leroy Brown. And a lot of you found out on Facebook, Instagram, you know, God, he was a good dog, tough. He'd been on seven different medicines for almost a year. And he died at home and he was with us. It was sudden, but yet, I mean, I just thought that, I, we used to, Alice and I used to look at each other, Leroy's gotta live forever. Man, what a gut punch. If you have dogs that are part of your family, you get it. If you have a dog, you throw it in the backyard, you're not going to get it. If you don't have dogs, man, you're not going to get it. I can't speak to cat people. I've never had a cat, but I'm sure it's no different for you and your animals. And 
Man, I just wanted to say goodbye to Leroy on my pod. He is going to be sorely missed. All right, guys. I want to thank my intro music, uh, Brother Joe Freund. My outro music, Brother Mike Flanagan. Thank all my patrons. You know who you are. Um, the list is getting a little bit too long for me to shout them out every week, but it's greatly appreciated. And we will see you next time on I'm Not Mad. I'm just irritated. Cheers.